1: All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants.
0: I will defy tyrants.
1: I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. And good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQRSTV, WXYZ people, all the butt rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed too, the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. Where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. It. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sons of Liberty and Sons of Liberty Media.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. And there you're going to see two videos at the top of the screen. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. And the one on the right, by the way, you can see that up until 3 o'clock this afternoon if you want to do that, at which time he'll be live in that little area there. And on the right side is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got, and the Rumble icons in the bottom right-hand corner to join us in the chat on Rumble. We are streaming live to Rumble as well. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel you want to look for. Also, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there. Dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. Uh, a number of Facebook pages that bear my name, as well as Twitch at the Real Tim Brown and Twitter at the Real Tim Brow. Leave the n off, add a two, and you're good to go. The Real Tim Brow two, and uh, you can catch us on Twitter for whatever that's worth. Right up under. Where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. That goes out once a day, late in the evening. And then if you want our ministry email, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. You can sign up on the front page. And then if you agree with our message, you'd like to help keep us out there, there's a donate button at the top of com. You can click on that and make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And we do really appreciate you guys uh, in your support of us. Um, <clears throat> a couple of things. One is... Uh, happy birthday, Salt. <laughs> I didn't know. Somebody says it in chat, so happy birthday to you, man. Um, I, there's, there's just a ton of stuff going on. You guys seeing this stuff in Brazil? I mean, even it's having an impact over here in the States, there was a, um, some protesters who were gathered in Times Square, uh, calling out Brazil, the election's been stolen. And I had video yesterday. There were so many videos and we were, I was so behind and playing catch up and things of that nature, and then not knowing that I have, I do have some good news. They did fix our AC, so it, I, I don't know if it was hit with that surge or not, but it's cool this morning. So <laughs> we praise the Lord for that. Uh, so they they did get it fixed. It's an old unit. It's probably gosh twenty five years, almost twenty five years old. Uh, so there's the Lord's keeping it running. That's for sure. But uh, they did find another problem with their other unit, which is still under warranty. So they're going to fix that. So, you know, we praise the Lord for that. Uh, he does provide for us in that, and that means. And so we're grateful for that. So that's a good thing. But if you saw this stuff in Brazil, man, I mean, they're out. Those people are ticked off. And then I got video this morning showing that they were giving loaves of bread out to the protesters and they're laced with something. They're finding out they've got something in them that'll make them sick. So. It's very serious stuff that's going on, and I think that's going to play maybe into some of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but did you guys happen to see this this story here? Now, um, <clears throat> many of you are familiar with Joe Gibbs. Didn't wasn't he like the, uh, the the coach for the Redskins? I'm sorry, there's something else now. The Washington Redskins. <laughs> At least that's what I remember when I was a kid, or whatever. Um, so his son died, Coy. Coy Gibbs. And again, I'm not really sure he was 49. And I don't know exactly what's going on, but this gives me an opportunity to address something. You know, the first thing I think of now when you see, I mean, the guy, he's a young, he's a young looking guy. He's only a couple years younger than I am. He looks, he looks like a young guy. And here he is, his, his older brother died in 2019 at 49, by the way. And I've told you what I've thought before when I'm seeing all these people who are like high profile kind of people. I mean, we're having them daily. One, two, three of them a day, which is just so abnormal. And why is that? I I mean, my mind immediately goes to it was the shot. They've taken the shot. Now, there was a young man by the name of Aaron Carter. I only know his name. I, I couldn't tell you a song that the guy sung or whatever, but I've heard his name before. And this guy dies, what, earlier this week. He's like 30 or 33 or something like that. And he obviously was known to use drugs and alcohol, uh, have mental issues. In fact, I was reading a, I read a headline, uh, not a headline, but the first lines of a, of a story today. Where his neighbors were saying, I'm glad he's out of the neighborhood. Uh, apparently, he was not good for the neighborhood. And I came across this story that said, that quoted him, that he wouldn't take the shot. In fact, it was kind of interesting. I wish I could remember what the story was. It's probably in my history somewhere. I don't have time. It's just hitting me now. But <clears throat> he had said, I won't take it, something along the lines, don't quote me on this, I'm kind of paraphrasing. He said, I'm a descendant of the those who came over on the Mayflower. I have patriotic blood or something of this nature. I'm not going to do that, <laughs> but I'm going to do whatever I want to do with drugs. Now. Anyway, um, he, he said that, so that, yeah, not not the issue. So there were some other things that were found there, and so I, I'm not attributing. And the, and the reason I found that was because somebody was debunking the people who are saying he died of the shot here's what i've said all along my mind goes there i wait to see what comes out but if i find where on social media they say yeah i had the shot or somebody's reported that i'm going to put that out there i think that's a big factor and i don't apologize for it uh but where people go and they do it and i get it your mind goes right there if you're if you're in the know if you've been paying attention, your mind goes right there when some of these people are dying. And yes, there are people who die from other things. I get it. But uh, with what all is going on, uh, we've proven that there's, and we've proven it from their own statements, that they've had the shot. The people that we've talked about, they've they've actually had the shot. And so I think it's fair game to say, okay, did this play a role in their deaths? And my thought is yes it absolutely did so that's that's one thing there um we <clears throat> we've had several uh, reports on these kind of things too um Dell Big just responded oh this i mean it's really good in fact it's so good and we have time because we're going to get to our topic here in a second by the way this one is uh, something too. I'm going to play for you the Del Big Tree uh, deal on the amnesty. All these people asking for amnesty, who knew what was going on? They said, "Oh, we were in the dark." No, you weren't. You might have been in the dark for maybe a month or so, but eventually, you've had to come out of that, okay? And they know what's coming. Do you guys remember when uh, Governor Hochul, Kathy Hochul, the um. When she spoke about vaccines, you want to talk about something that's blasphemous? You want to talk about a devil of a woman? This is her. I want you to take a listen to this.
0: Thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. listen to God. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love oh, one my another. Goodness. And how do you show that love? But to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated <sighs> because I love you. I want you to live.
1: You can't make that up. I mean, if that isn't a devil talking to you, I don't know what I don't know what it is. That woman's a devil. Bringing up Jesus, I bet she'll have nothing to say about Jesus when it comes to abortion. I bet she'll have nothing to say about the Word of God when it comes to what taxes really are. I bet she'll have nothing to say about uh, what Jesus says about tyrants like herself. I mean, you're my apostles, they're not listening to God. Let me tell you something. God said the life of the flesh is in the blood. He warned the Israelites of what they put into their bodies, food-wise. He warned them about that. Told them even how to prepare certain, you know, breads and meats. Told them how to do it. Because he wanted them healthy and strong. He wanted them to choose life. And Kathy Hochul here wants death. That's what she wants. And her God is not the God of the Bible. Her God is her own mind. It's her own mind. Now, what I want to do is I want to play this thing, uh, this Del Bigtree response here for all of the people calling for amnesty. And then we're going to get into our topic today because I love what he says. When you're ready to repent, I'm ready to forgive. We we did a show on that. Remember all those jackbooted thugs that were, you know, beating people, shooting them with rubber bullets, arresting them, finding them, jailing them, all over mass mandates and vaccine mandates, and kicking them out of places, and taking their kids, and and hauling them off in their pajamas. We saw that lady down in Australia just for setting up a protest. Uh, we 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 watched uh, all of these these doctors and nurses doing their little TikTok dances and their choreography, uh, and and now they want amnesty. And I wrote in response to that, okay, you can live for right now. Do you go through due process, and then we'll give you a new place to live in the ground. That's that's what I think should happen there. Anyway, this is Dale Bigtree responding to the
0: calls for amnesty. Check it out. Check out this headline. You probably saw this in The Atlantic. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. We need to forgive one another for what we did and said we we were in the dark about COVID. See, this is that insanity plea I'm talking about. Let's read some of this article because it's fascinating. We have to put these fights aside and declare a pandemic amnesty. We can leave out the willful purveyors of actual misinformation. Really? So we're going to leave out Tony Fauci and, and the NIH and the CDC and the FDA that all lied to us while forgiving the hard calls that people had no choice but to make with imperfect knowledge. Oh, so there it is. Is. No, let's forgive them. They, they were making hard calls. They didn't have the information. Los Angeles County closed its beaches in summer 2020 ex post facto. This mean, makes no more sense than my family's mass hiking trips. But we need to learn from our mistakes and then let them go. We need to forgive the attacks too. Okay. Well, let's think about it. Let's go on. All of this gloating and defensiveness continues to gobble up a lot of social energy and to drive the culture wars, especially on the Internet. These discussions are heated, unpleasant, and ultimately unproductive. In the face of so much uncertainty, getting something right had a hefty element of luck. Oh, so it's luck that the high wire was right like 99.9999% of the time. And similarly, getting something wrong wasn't a moral failing. Oh, wasn't it? The standard saying is that those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. I agree with that. But dwelling on the mistakes of history can lead to a repetitive doom loop as well. Let's acknowledge that we made complicated choices in the face of deep uncertainty, and then try to work together to build back and move forward. wasn't
1: even uncertain. Well,
0: look, there's some of that sentiment that I agree with. I've told you on this show, we've got to learn to forgive. We've got to start having these conversations with our families again. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Here comes Christmas. You know, even though we were all banned from the, the, the Thanksgiving table and Christmas table last year, like we had, you know, leprosy or something, let's, you know, let's be the ones that forgive so we can go back. But do we forget? Where are we at? So I want to discuss this for a moment because the concept of amnesty, which is like, let's just drop hands and forget it ever happened, really is on the back of a concept I would say called forgiveness. So I I think in some ways, what's being asked of us is to forgive, to forgive our families that banned us from the tables and were mean to us and said they never wanted to see us or our children again. And I think forgiveness is a good thing. But in order to forgive, there's something that has to happen. First of all, I would really like to take this moment for everyone out there that thought they were opposed to the things that I was saying and were really down with censoring the high wire and all those other things. You know, Could you please articulate for me exactly what it is that we are supposed to forgive? Mm. Because I don't know. I don't Mm. know what you know and what you don't know and what you don't know that you don't know. And I think that that's important in this place of forgiveness. So what are we supposed to forgive? Are we supposed to forgive the fact that you know, you locked down and took away our jobs, our dreams of having a future, that in that process you destroyed our economy, not just in America, but around the world. Are we supposed to forgive that move? Are we supposed to forgive all the sanitizing and the spraying and the invasive, you know, destruction of our not nasal passages as you tested us with a with a product that in itself couldn't even test properly? And how about all those that died? And weren't treated right in hospitals. And we couldn't even get to them to say goodbye. Our loved ones, our elderly, our aunts, our uncles, our mothers, our fathers. Instead, we were left outside and they were left alone. We couldn't go to a funeral. And how about all the suicides that took place? And the child abuse and domestic abuse and drug abuse. Or turning our children into hypochondriacs. Are they going to forgive us for that? For destroying their education and putting them behind in reading and math? Are we forgiving for all of these reasons? Or will our children forgive us? And how about denying people transplants because they didn't want an experimental vaccine that might cause the very problem they needed a transplant for? And then the police brutality attacking those people that were standing in their truth, that wanted to watch their child play in a sports event without wearing a mask because they knew, as we now know, masks don't work. Should we forgive the president who promised us that he wouldn't force a vaccine upon us, then took away jobs from the military, from police officers, from frontline doctors and firefighters, leaving them with nowhere to go, and then the injuries, people suffering from all sorts of seizures that are unexplained, being left in hospitals, and the lies that were done by the pharmaceutical industry saying that these things never happen.
1: Never forget. And then
0: those problematic vaccines, not only are they hurting people, but they're still being mandated on our children. Do we forgive while we continue to give this product to our innocent children that aren't at risk? And how many headlines of athletes crashing into the floor? unable to ever play again, maybe dead, or all of the people, the performers and the singers that can't get through a concert or can't do a concert any longer. This brand new normal. Is this what we're supposed to forgive and forget and have amnesty for while it's happening right now? And most importantly, as you talk about the luck factor, I guess, well, if you got this right, you were lucky. No, I have to be very clear. We've said many times and shown you proof that we told you that they did not test whether or not the vaccine could stop transmission during the trials. This is now known to everybody, but we knew it because it was written in our own emergency use authorization in the very beginning. We didn't get lucky. We were reading the science when you were quoting experts that ended up being liars. But how about those doctors that weren't liars? How about the inventor of the mRNA technology? Did he get lucky? Did Robert Malone get lucky when he warned the world, I invented this technology and it's not being used correctly and it's going to cause serious harm? Really? The inventor got lucky? No, what he got was censored. He got shut down by the very people that we're being asked now to give amnesty to. Oh, how convenient. Or what about the doctors that are still have their licenses under attack by laws that just got passed in California and are being written in other states, California law to set, regulate dissemination of misinformation related to COVID-19? Meaning if you said any of the things that now proved to be true, like the vaccine doesn't work or this virus has a very low death rate, or maybe you should try ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, you could lose your license. Or, in the case of the most world renowned heart doctor in the world, Dr. Peter McCullough, he now has his board certifications that make him a cardiologist being taken away. Why? because he's been quoting the science from around the world on blood clots, on thrombocytopenia, on myocarditis, the swelling of the heart, which is something he knows better than anyone else about, but still, no. In the moment where his license is being removed and he is under attack and where his certifications are being taken away, we're supposed to give amnesty right now? You see, this is the problem. We are not even through this situation. And I have not heard you articulate. I'm still listening. I'm still listening for exactly what it is you understand I'm supposed to forgive you for. Because there's a word that goes along with forgiveness. If we're going to look at sort of the biblical or spiritual nature of this. And that word is repent. You see, in order to deserve to be forgiven, you must articulate what you're being forgiven for. That's called repenting. Or how about, you know, when we think of a court case, where's your remorse? What are you remorseful for? Please explain to me what you think you did wrong here. Because in the Nuremberg trials, which is what may be about to happen should we get a new senate in Congress here in the United States of America, the doctors did not repent. They did not say we made a mistake. What they said was, we didn't know better. There was no way for us to know we were following orders. We were just doing what we were told. There was no way to know better. The science changed on us. As it turns out now, obviously sitting in this courtroom, it wasn't okay to test on innocent children products that hadn't been properly safety tested. It wasn't okay to avoid the the proof of myocarditis and blood clotting and thrombocytopenia and anaphylaxis and all the things that we were seeing with the products. Okay, yes, benefit of hindsight now, maybe you could say that, but we didn't know it then. Therefore, we must be forgiven. Well, I'm all about forgiveness, but I'm not even ready for that conversation until I hear those that made this mistake, those that continue to censor, those that continue to attack, and those that will not admit that these are not sudden adult dead syndrome deaths. We are not randomly seeing the rise of death and excess mortality around the world because maybe we locked down for the wrong reasons. No, when you stop being mystified by this rise in death and get to the reality that you gave an unproven, untested pharmaceutical product that was killing every animal in the animal trials prior to giving it to human beings, when you admit that just maybe it's the vaccine that is now killing all of us around the world that are dying and collapsing on fields and collapsing on stages, it seems to me we're a long ways away from that. When I think about where Jimmy Kimmel stood in the middle of this, shall we forgive him for saying things like this? Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded,
1: they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU. bed. I don't know, that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're...
0: That's... I mean, we... we still got a lot of... Pandemwitz out there. I guess it is ironic that he said, you know, unva- you know, vaccinated guy needing, a, you know, having a heart attack, which is exactly what appears to be happening to the vaccinated people around the world. But if you're unvaccinated and have any need for the hospital, screw you. I want you to die. You know, they're harsh words. It doesn't mean that just harsh words that we shouldn't forgive them. And I suppose that there's those that went through the Holocaust that have to deal with themselves and ask themselves, should I forgive the doctors that were ended up you know, being hung after the Nuremberg trials? After the courts decided it wasn't okay just because that's what you were told to do, just because you thought you were doing what was right, in the end it was wrong and you should have known better. How do we know you know better? When you tell us what you did wrong, And that you actually know better it's time to repent when you're ready to repent i'm ready to forgive and in that moment and then and only then will we consider amnesty wow i you know what 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 (laughs) what do you say to that
1: that's all except for presenting the remedy for who comes in to cover that sin that's a that's more that, there, that's closer to a gospel message from Del Bigtree right there. And by the way, he was on the show and he called out the people who were coming to, to Easter services at at churches and saying, What are you doing with your mask on? We're here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, and you're over here with your mask on. Uh, that's got more that's got more towards the gospel and I say towards the gospel, it's not the gospel, but it's towards the gospel, he's calling them to repent. Confess your sin. Acknowledge what you did. Be remorseful. And the people are ready to forgive. Doesn't mean they're going to forget. Doesn't mean the consequences go away. And by the way, the whole Nuremberg thing, let me tell you, less than two dozen people were killed or were executed. Less than two dozen people at Nuremberg. The rest of them got away. They came over here to the States. This is why you have NASA. This is why you have the modern-day medical system. Nazis. I've seen some of these doctors, some of these nurses, actually repent. One of them was down here in South Carolina. There was a guy down here. I tried to get him on the show. He wanted to write me. After I did the thing on, uh, I did the article with his video where he confessed I didn't know what was going on, and then all of a sudden I realized what was, ha- even though I was a little uneasy about it, I realized what was happened. I stopped doing it, I wouldn't do it, and I lost my job. I can forgive a guy like that. He didn't know what was going on, he was doing his whatever he was doing, and then he realized what was happening, and he stopped. He stopped. It, isn't that what repentance is? When Jesus told the lady, and we we talked about this um, last week, when Jesus told the lady who was taken at adultery and all the guys were trying to get her stoned and killed, uh, but they were guilty of the same thing, what did he tell her? Go and sin no more. Quit violating the law. That's what sin is, a a transgression of the law. Dell's right on it. And this leads me into what we're talking about today. And that is, is this. Moses, God didn't tell Moses to go back and make Egypt great, did he? Nope, he sure didn't. Now, I I told you that I took my friend Bill, truck driver, theologian. We've had him down. He's a good friend over many years. We have some disagreements on some things, but in large measure, we're in agreement in, obviously, how men are saved from their sin, but in also in how... We advance the kingdom. That it's a wide range. It carries the gospel in every aspect of life. And Bill made this up. Now, this is not from the Babylon Bee. I kind of cut that off so I won't get in trouble, but this is not from the Babylon Bee. But he kind of made it like a tweet uh, for a meme that he was going to put out. And this is what it is. It's got Charleston H- Charlton Heston, you know, Moses, you know, he's got his hand stretched out to, to part the Red Seas in the old Ten Commandments movie. He says, from the burning bush, God commands Moses to return to Goshen, elect another Pharaoh like Joseph, and make Egypt great again. (laughs) Which I thought was brilliant. I just thought it was brilliant. Um, Is that what happened? No, it's not really what happened. And I want to take us through some of that because it leads to a message that we need to hear today. You know, we did a show dealing with impeachment. And what was going on? I told you there's at least seven resolution articles or bills before the House to impeach the illegitimate guy in the White House, Joe Biden. Pato Peter, as his son calls him. The most we have for one of those is seven. The least we have is zero. It's sponsors. Okay. And by the way, people are making point in there, and I'm I'm totally with you. That this issue that Dell Big Tree is talking about doesn't just apply to doctors and nurses, doesn't just apply to the Biden administration, it applies to the Trump administration. The people where all these people are going at these rallies, where Trump continues to pimp for the shot he promoted. And we know he got at least $1,000, excuse me, not $1,000, $1 a million dollars for his inaugural from Pfizer. Trump was brought to you by Pfizer. Think about that. There's a slogan for you. Trump was brought to you by Pfizer. Oh, Tim, you're just, you're just a Trump leader. You have Trump derangement syndrome. No, you have stupid syndrome is what you have. If you don't see this, and what I mean is I, I'm, it's not an attack on you. It's you're dull in your thinking and your hearing. You don't see what is happening. And you think that you're doing right by bringing a red wave. Remember what color red is. Just remember that. Remember what color red stands for. You're being played. Well, what are you supposed to do? Let me tell you what people will do this morning when they go to the polls. When they go to the polls, they will vote in a new tyrant that they're happy with, that they're comfortable with. He doesn't take as much of my money as the other guy. He doesn't devalue the dollar as much as the other guy, or as fast as the other guy. He doesn't infringe on my rights as much as the other guy. He still infringes on them. He still takes your money. He's still for promoting the agenda of indoctrinating your kids, for selling out your sovereignty. That's what people will vote for today. I will not be a part of it. I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm not going to vote for a tyrant to rule over you any more than I want to me. My king is Jesus, period. We had a, a contributor say, oh, is it a sin not to vote? I have a question. Is it a sin to vote for the lesser of two evils? I got a question for you. Is it a sin to vote for the lesser of two evils? And I would say it is. Your, your stamp of approval on evil, no matter if it's small or big, is still a stamp of approval upon evil. And you're in need of the very thing that Dell Bigtree just spoke of, and that is repentance. I have no problem in getting behind people in your local neighborhood where you see they have demonstrated their character in their own families and their own communities. I have no problem getting behind those people. None at all. I think that's a biblical thing. You go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, you go to Titus chapter 1, and you see the qualifications for those who lead the household of God. And by the way, I will say they're all men. Sorry, ladies. It's the men's responsibility. And when I say responsibility, that falls on us. And some people say, Tim, why don't you run for office? You've got some good ideas. And I'm not called to that. Have I flirted with some of that stuff? Yeah, but I don't have the desire to be in those positions over people like that. I just don't have it. I don't have the desire to enforce what I believe to be unlawful laws. I I have no desire for that at all. I have no desire even for the office, to tell you the truth. But I I toss it around in my mind. I do, but I, I have no desire for it. And one of those qualifications, if you read it in 1 Timothy 3, is... The, the bishop or the elder has to have a desire to teach. He also has to have the ability to teach, but he has to have that desire. Those things. So let's take a look at Egypt. Let's take a look at Israel because I'm going to show you in a minute. Well, let me let me just go ahead and, and, and bring this up. This is from the New Testament. I was going to save this to last or close to last. This is from the New Testament. Here's what Paul writes. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that our fathers, all our fathers, were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. There's this picture of what Christ does in the freeing of the slaves, the Hebrew slaves from Egypt and what they went through. There's a picture of Christ here. Can you see it? They're baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and what do we see in the New Testament? That we are baptized into Christ. And did all eat the same spiritual meat? And did all drink the same spiritual drink? Really? I I know this is hard for some people who haven't had, and again, I I try to stick with just the Scripture so that the Scripture brings us to light, but some people haven't had any kind of understanding of what covenant theology is. The covenant there, there is this eating and drinking. What do we see in the New Testament? The eating and drinking to the glory of God, Paul says. And how do we see that you know, sort of shown in the body of Christ? Well, we see it in the Lord's table, do we not? This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. It's for you. For they drank, he says, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock. Remember, out of the rock came the water, right? The fresh water, not the bitter water of Mar, but but the, the, the fresh water. They drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was who? That's right, it was Christ. The one guiding them out of Israel, or Egypt, the one protecting them in the pillar of cloud and the in the in the pillar of fire was Christ. It wasn't Moses, it was Christ. The one feeding them and the one giving them drink was Christ. In fact, it, he's saying here, they drank of the spiritual rock. That rock was Christ. Is he not the one who nourishes and protects his people? Yes, he is. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Why? Because they complained and they murmured. I'm going to show you some of that in just a minute. They complained and they murmured, and they wanted to go back to Egypt. Oh, that we had to... And I'll, I'll read some of the passages for you. Oh, that we just remained in Egypt. We wouldn't be out here in the desert. They're not even thinking, hey, we don't have to go get the hay, we don't have to go get the slime, we don't have to get the mortar and, and the brick and make the bricks and stuff anymore. We are free. Even though we're in the wilderness, and God is meeting our needs. They're not thankful. They're grumbling and complaining against the God who set them free. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things were our examples. Stop and think about that a second. Paul writes this under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he says, this is what these guys were. But with many of them, many, not all, but many, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Yep, God says, you're going to walk around for 40 years in the wilderness. You're not going to go into the land that I have Promise to your fa- to your fathers because of unbelief. You don't believe me. You don't believe me. And these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Lust after evil things. What do we see from them? Well, they wanted quail because God had been giving them manna the whole time. Some of them had had you know even fudged on that and they'd collected um, you know on the Sabbath day and it turned to worms. He told him not to do it. He was going to provide for them, trust in him. And then Paul's admonition is, Neither be ye idolaters, as some were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. They were all about themselves, their gods were their stomachs, and their lustful desires. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now listen, all the, now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Paul is very clear. He wants his readers, Corinth, by the way, which is a funny thing. Uh, You know, I haven't watched quote-unquote Christian television in decades. As a a new Christian, I wanted as much as I could. Boy, I would eat up anything. I I really would. And these guys would point to Corinth as sort of the, the church that ought to be modeled. Corinth was the most immature, sinful, wicked, if you can say it. I mean, I understand they've been made right before God. Uh, Paul calls them brothers. He calls them saints. But they were some of the most immature believers on the earth. And he has to correct all kinds of stuff. I mean, he's got gender bending in chapter 11. He's got the 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 issue of they, they don't love one another. They let a guy be in their midst who's messing around with his daddy's wife, and they know about it. It's not like it's a secret or anything. They're proud and puffed up about it. Oh, God's grace forgives that. It's a license. It's okay. They can't get along with one another because of their giftings. They, they think, oh, well, I'm of Paul and I'm of Paulus. It's an immature church that he has to correct and what does he do here? He says, remember the Israelites they should be an example to us, to you and to me he, pr- he brings himself into that they should be an example to us. he draws himself into that. How are we living before God? Well Tim, what does this have to do with uh, uh, you know what's going on your your topic you know Moses. God told Moses to go into Egypt and make it great again. I want to tell you, America has become a Sodom in Egypt, if you will. It has become, and I understand, look, it is a place where there is more liberty than in other places. I'm not going to deny that. But you let this beast continue to grow, and you're going to see the same thing you're seeing in China. You're you're seeing elements of it now. I think when we had Kay Rubichek on, you'll she'll even admit there are elements of it, even though there's a there's a freedom here that isn't in China. But the problem is, is this: the people continue to think they are liberated and free when they're slaves. Let me give you some examples. And you know, we use the 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 Constitution to apply it back on the people who take that oath, which is. In my estimation, is an ungodly oath. Jesus says, let your yes be yes, your no, no. Fine, you want to read off that I'm supposed to uphold the Constitution? I'll say, yep, I'll do it. Fine. But the, but the fact of the matter is, they don't do it. In fact, they tell you before they're even elected, they're not going to follow the Constitution. They give you talking points to get you off track of what the law is that they're supposed to uphold so that you'll... Vote for them and put them in office so they can get, they can build up a pension and they can get insider trading and they could do all these kinds of things. Not everyone. I, I understand there's a handful. And when I mean a handful, I mean this many. But by and large, this is what they do they're there for themselves. They're not there to represent the people. And in that, they're like our federal head, Adam. He was there. Oh, babe, I know you ate of that apple. I love you so much. You're such a gorgeous woman. I'm going to eat it too. I'm not going to rebuke you for your sin. I'm going to eat it too. So what do we see? Let's take a quick look through this. Exodus chapter 7. And we've been through this before. We've talked about God's sovereignty. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. Now, had God made Moses a God like himself? No, nope. God says there's not going to be one before me or there wasn't one before me. There won't be one after me. I don't share my glory with another in that in that." Since he said, "I made thee a god to Pharaoh," well, what's the idea behind God? We read it little g in the English. It's it's a lawgiver. I, I've given you a law to give to Pharaoh, and what is that law? Well, he's going to tell you. He's going to tell you. Verse two: Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh that he send the children of Israel out of his land he didn't say hey Moses I'm giving you a message to Pharaoh that he is to conform to my word in all of the aspects of his land that my people will rise up and you'll be my mouthpiece to to direct every aspect of your kingdom he doesn't say that his message is one his law is one to Pharaoh just like it was to Adam and Eve in the garden, they were not to touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He looks to Pharaoh and he says, you're to let my people go. You're to let them go and to worship me in the wilderness. That's what you're to do. And Pharaoh says, I'll have none of that. He, Pharaoh is like the, the people that Del Bigtree was speaking of earlier. He's not willing to confess his sin. He's not willing to repent of his sin. He said, don't you know I'm Pharaoh? Don't you know I am the king? No, I'm not letting the people go. And he brought all the curses upon himself and upon his land, the people of his land, to the point where even all of the firstborn in Egypt were destroyed. Even his own son. He brought destruction upon himself because he wouldn't obey the Lord. And of course, we read this passage. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. I you know what? I, I talking with my son-in-law the other night. And one of the things I told him was the great one of the greatest things that I understood from scripture, which I saw when I was converted, but I didn't know it was in the Bible. Was that God is the one who either hardens the heart or he gives grace to the heart. It's God. It's not your choice. It's not your feelings. It's not your surroundings, your environment, or any of that nonsense. It is the God of creation who either gives you a, who leaves you in a, with a heart of stone, like he did with Pharaoh, and he just hardens it, or he takes that heart of stone out of you because of what his son, the Lord Jesus, did, and he gives you a heart of flesh. That's the only difference here. And it's all dependent upon God. It's dependent upon the God who created us. And you say, what are you talking about? Let me ask you something. Have you been in a a, a, a place where a man is preaching the true gospel, where he is holding up the law to men, he's showing them their sin, and he says the only remedy for this is the Lord Jesus Christ, and you must repent, you must forsake your sin, you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll find people that you know are just as wicked as the devil. They're sitting there listening to it. And you find other people that are just as wicked as the devil listening to it right beside them, sitting right beside them. And one is converted and one is not. What's the difference? Was one more enlightened? Was one more spiritual? Did one have more uh, ability to understand? Nope. It was the Spirit of God. John chapter 3. The Spirit moves where He wills. He's like the wind. You don't see the wind. You just see the effects of it. So is everyone born of the Spirit, Jesus says. Their lives are changed. I can't explain it except to say God does something in their heart. He did it in mine. For many of you, he did it in yours. And you know he made a change because there was a change in trajectory of destruction that you were headed towards, towards life. Anybody who knows the Lord Jesus really knows him. You know what that change is like. It doesn't matter if you were a goody two-shoes and you you know, were like Paul. I kept the law and you couldn't point out anything in me and this, that, and the other, but there was all kinds of bad stuff going on inside you like covetousness. Yep. That's what it is. And I used to hear people give testimonies about that. Oh, you know, I was this, that, and the other, and I was doing all these things, and I knew they were destructive for me, but I did them anyway because I enjoyed them, and then God changed me. And I, I used to think, oh, I want that. But I don't know how to get it. You know why? Listen, man. There is nothing you can do. Nothing you can do to receive the mercy and the favor of God. Nothing. Nothing. You can pray all the prayers you want to. Unless they're driven by the Spirit of God, they're empty words. They're not going past the ceiling. And yet, God said, I'll harden Pharaoh's heart here in Egypt. Well, let me jump over real quickly. Uh, yes, we will go over a little bit. Somebody asked for overtime. We will go over a little bit. Um, I was hoping I could wiggle all this in, but I wanted to play that Del Big Tree because it was so good. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, it was good. It was really good. Um, so we, we read in chapter 8 this of Exodus, chapter 8. For those of you listening by the way of radio. And the Lord spake unto Moses, go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go, that they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs, and the river shall bring forth frogs, forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into thine house, and into thy bedchamber, and upon thy bed, and into the house of the servants, and upon the people, and into thine ovens, and into thy kneading troughs. And the frogs shall come upon both, come up on, uh, come up both on thee and upon thy people and upon all thy servants. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying to Aaron, Stretch forth thine hand with thy rod over the streams of the rivers, over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land. Of Egypt, and the magicians did so with their enchantments, and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. I mean, it's you read this, and it's like, really, guys? How many of you people want to have the the issue of frogs coming in? They're getting in your ovens. They're getting in your dough. They're getting in your refrigerator. I mean, this I'm, I'm giving a modern day kind of thing. They're on your countertops. They're in your beds when you, you know, we. Sadly, we've got to deal with a flea issue because we've got some cats in the house. So I, that's going to be another thing. It, I told you, the brown house is always something here. <laughs> so we're going to have to have somebody deal with the fleas. Can you imagine that? And then on top of that, the government, Pharaoh's government, he's got these magicians, and they say, well, we can do the same thing. We'll just send more frogs out. Not Hey, we have the power to alleviate what God has done and get rid of those frogs out of there for you. We're going to send more frogs on you. See, that's judgment. That's God's judgment on those people. It comes to a point where even they take and they... God has to destroy the firstborn and all the families. Even Pharaoh's own family before he'll say, get out of here. And the people leave them with all kinds of riches. These slaves that have been working in Egypt, that the people of Egypt have been watching over and seeing and everything else. They give them the gold, the silver, all kinds of other stuff for the slaves to leave. And they get out. The people of Israel get out. And I want you, I want to, pop a couple of uh, passages in here before the, before the hour's up, and then we'll continue over. So if you guys want to pick up com or com or any of the other outlets that I mentioned before, notice what he says here. Exodus chapter 16, and they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. They weren't murmuring against Moses and Aaron. They were murmuring against God. Remember when when Samuel worried about that, that they wanted a king? And God told him, Don't worry, they're not against you. They're, they're, They're opposed to me. And it says, And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, When we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full, do you see the flesh in that? When our bellies were full, we don't want liberty. We want slavery. Because in slavery, everything's provided for us. We don't want liberty, we want slavery. For ye have brought us forth in this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And the Lord said, and, and then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people show it. God was so merciful. I mean, he could have struck these people dead and said, you ungrateful little rascals, you. How's this for you? Zap. But he didn't do that. He brought them bread. And I want to say something before the radio show ends in case we lose the radio audience. As you go out today To choose your new master in many ways, remember the example of the Israelites. Who is your king, really? Is it Jesus, or do you give lip service to him, but your hearts are far from him? You would rather have Republican, Democrat, red, blue, conservative, liberal, you'd rather have them rule over you as well as those around you Rather than have liberty. Why? So you can have a full belly. So you can indulge the flesh. Bradley be with you at 3 today. Catch him then. We'll be back with you in the morning. comic Core David Lynn Taylor with the Rotten to the Core Wednesday. Talk to you then. See you. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And, uh, yeah, let's just continue. I, I won't keep you long, I, I don't think. <laughs> But, uh, you know, here is God in the midst of this rebellious, cantankerous, complaining people. What does God do? He shows mercy. Even in the midst of this, he is giving them bread. He gives them bread. Now, let's go over to Numbers chapter 14 because it speaks of the same thing. Numbers chapter 14. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God have died, we had died in this wilderness? And then, and wherefore, Hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain. Let us return to Egypt. Now, I want you to stop and think about that. We we were told for more than four years, we need to make America great again. Words that people wanted to hear tickled our ears. Lay hands on you. Try to get that camera. There we go. They had heard those words, and yet the very guy who was speaking those words was a devil towards us. Yep, I said it. Why don't you call that Biden? I just did it the first of the show, if you weren't paying attention. But you already got the idea on him. That's not the problem. The problem is not seeing the blue side for the wickedness that it is. That's not the problem for people who would tune into this show. The problem for the people on who tune into this show is to sing the red side. The people who wear the red jersey are evil too. They don't uphold the law. And in the midst of that, what are we told would make America great? Oh, we've got to have a, a, a great economy. Well, he sold your sovereignty out through the USMCA. America, we got to make America great again. While well, he was delivering three times the funds that Obama was delivering to the Muslims. And let's not even go to Israel. I mean, Israel is his little buddy over there. And everybody doesn't, people on our, on our side, I should say, that, that claim they're on our side, are just fine with sending billions and trillions to Israel. They have a problem sending it to Ukraine. I have a problem sending them to both of them. We didn't authorize any of that stuff for our money to be taken and sent to other countries. I I don't see that in Article I anywhere. You say, well, that's part of a treaty. Okay, treaties are constitutional, that's true, but where is it to where you can sign a treaty and you can violate the rights of the people and steal their wealth, their property, and give it to somebody else? That's not making America great. It's not. Again, I'm for offending any country out there, if you're ticked off because I say that. It isn't your money, dude. Dude, It It isn't your money. It's the people's money here in the States. And boy, if you have not seen the devaluation of your dollar, especially over the past couple of years, you're just not paying attention. I don't get out that much. I don't do a lot of running around and Obviously, shopping and stuff like that. So when I go out, I have sticker shock at everything I see. I really do. And you go and see stuff, and it's like, wow. I was talking to you guys about the surge protectors. By the way, company, I got the surge protectors yesterday. Got them in. You know, praise God for that. They were fifteen dollars in two thousand nineteen. They're twenty two dollars today, just three years later. Twenty. That's seven dollars. That's a. That's a. Almost a fifty percent increase. That's what they're doing. They're destroying it. Look how Moses and Aaron, when the people complained, look how they responded. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of none, you know, he's the guy who doesn't have any parents because his he's the son of none. That's a dad joke for those of you who don't get it. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it unto us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Remember, this is after the spies have gone out, and they've searched the land that God had promised them, and they see giants in the land. And yet, here's Caleb, out of the 12 spies, Caleb and Joshua. By the way, in our family we have that. My oldest son is Caleb. My my dad always wanted a Caleb, so our first son we named Caleb, and my brother is named Joshua. And what does he say? Continues on in verse 9, only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread to us. For for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Oh, a message of hope. Don't fear these giants. They're a piece of cake, man. Piece of cake. And how do we know this? Because God's taken their heart from them. He's put the fear of us in them. And we see that in Rahab, do we not? When Rahab talks to the spies, what does she say? The hearts of the men are melted in them. Save me, save my family. And then they tell her this important thing, which is a line that runs through uh, to the redemption of Christ, uh, by Christ. And that is, put this scarlet thread, scarlet thread, in the window. Anybody in your house will be saved. Anybody outside, their blood's on their own hands. And so this is what they do. You say, what does it have to do with... Uh, Moses and Egypt, and making America making Egypt great or making America great. Well, it has everything to do. Moses didn't stay there and try to reform the system. The system was so corrupt that they had looked at a man, the Pharaoh, as though he were God. Now, don't think that's so strange because there's a lot of people who've looked at the presidency, as though the man sitting in the office is there. And I'm not talking about Joe Biden. I don't know anybody who thinks that. But I do know that there were a lot of people who were making mention of Donald Trump as though he were God. There were people who made mention of Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarga, the great usurper, as though he were God. Were they not? Do I need to pull up the tweets? Do I need to pull up the paintings? Do I need to pull up the calendars? Do I need to play the videos of men who talked as though they were the Messiah? Louis Farrakhan talking about Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka. Listen to him. He's the Messiah. Donald Trump retweeting. He's the second coming of God, the King of Israel, the chosen one as he looked to the heavens before the mockingbird media and declared. Don't America ha- isn't that far from Egypt? They're not. And what Americans do, American Christians in many cases, profess Christians, I want my belly filled. I'd rather have a guy who's not as hard a taskmaster as the other guy. And they'll tell you, I'll vote for the lesser of two evils. What is coming out of their mouth? Oh my goodness. What, what comes out of a believer's mouth that says, I'll vote for an evil? Any evil that I know. So what do we see? Well, here's... And there's several examples. We've done a show on this before, uh, several shows, where we've talked about secession. And secession happens in many different ways. Uh, it can happen, um, you know, with with countries. We, we've seen that all through history. Uh, when we had Daniel Miller on from the Texas National Movement. You know, he talked about it wasn't that long ago we had, like, I don't know, 50-something countries in the world. Now we have, like, almost 200 What's happening there? Decentralization. By the way, I think decentralization is what is needed. I think we need to decentralize government. Whenever government is centralized, go through history. Whenever it's centralized, it is always oppressive. It is always tyrannical. Doesn't matter what country is in, doesn't matter what moral view you have on it, what label you slap on it, it's tyrannical. And the United States As far as I see, looking back, when the guys fought for independence, why they wanted to come together and federalize and make a central government the way it was, I don't understand it. This is why Patrick Henry said, and a lot of people won't quote him, I smell a rat at the Philadelphia Convention. That's why he said it. He saw what was coming. Now, eventually he signed on to it too, but he had it right. Centralization of government is a bad, 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 bad thing. It really is. It really is. So let's look to Second Corinthians, and we can give numerous examples. We can give the husband and wife. We can give a divorce over uh, unfaithfulness. We can give it over abandonment. All these kinds of things. We can give an example of Jeroboam and Rehoboam in the Old Testament, and the separation of the northern and southern kingdom because the northern kingdom wanted to worship their own gods. Because they didn't want to go worship God as He had commanded. So the Southern Kingdom says, We're not having any of that. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and we'll begin in verse 14 for the context. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers? For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple for ye are the temple of the living God. Just want to let that sink in for a second for people who are looking for some kind of physical temple to come in the future. You're the temple. You're Ezekiel's temple that was prophesied, the people are. And read in the book of Revelation, Jesus even says, I'll make you a temple in the and I'll make you a pillar in the temple of my God. Oh my goodness. And God hath said, I will dwell in them, them, them. The temple is them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. You know what, friends? We're supposed to, those who who would name the name of Christ, those who would be believers in the Lord Jesus, we're supposed to be citizens of heaven. It's the most liberating thing that happens to a man. Is that Christ set him free from his sin? The most liberating thing. And yet, what are many today who profess to know God, who profess to be Christian, what are they willing to do? Let's go back to Egypt, man. Let's have a red wave so that we go back to Egypt. Now, let me let me just say this. These are these are just my thoughts. You can comment in the comment sections of whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. But when you go out to vote today, what are you voting based on? Are you voting on godly character? Oh, Tim, we're not voting in a pastor-in-chief. Well, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. Which means you're not looking at their character. They can be the most godless, womanizing, rapist, pedophile, you name it. But if they say what you want to say and they're wearing your team's jersey, you'll vote for them. Oh, you've got to vote for the lesser of two evils. That's how people think, is it not? I mean, if I'm wrong, tell me. But that's exactly what they do. And you're going to vote for that tyranny over you and your children and over your neighbors. And then you're going to have the audacity to complain about it later. Or you're going to be like the knuckleheads. And I say knuckleheads as in hardheads. A few years ago, who voted a guy in who was attacking your liberties, who was selling out your sovereignty... Who is working with Big Pharma in advancing Operation Warp Speed to give you all these jabs that we played about with Del Big Tree? And you'll justify it to make yourself feel good like you didn't really vote for that evil. How wicked are you? How wicked are you? Well, Tim, that's pretty strong words. Yeah, it is, because we've lost our way. We've lost our way. We're trying to make Egypt great again when what needs to happen is, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. I'm not saying be in rebellion. Except to those who are obviously tyrants. Was Moses in rebellion against Pharaoh? Yep. But was he rebellious for rebellious sake? Nope oh my goodness, when are we going to get that? When are we going to get that? And for some reason, I, I, I don't know what it is, it's the nature of man to do these kind of things. This is where we go. This is where we go. And we bring it upon ourselves, and then we justify it. We justify our own sinful actions and the sinful actions of others that we would vote for, put in office, whatever the the case may be. We'll justify it. We'll say, oh, this is God's blessing. This is God's man. Blah, blah, blah. Friends, it is a sinful thing, one, to complain against God. Two, to sit here and say, let's go back to Egypt. Let's make Egypt great again. Did we have great Christian foundations? Absolutely we did. We did. There's no denying it. Take you back into the 1400s, show you. Up to the 1600s, 1700s, show you that we had great Christian foundations. It's codified in our law by citing the scriptures. But America, in large part, and how it practices what it does out of government... Not saying the people, although the people are, with their vote, they're expressing, they're just happy with the status quo. Let's do this roller coaster. We'll have a little bit of, of communism. We'll have a little bit of socialism. We'll have a little bit of communism. We'll have a little bit of none of it's liberty, but we'll have a little bit of each. Talking with somebody that I love very dearly the other day, and we were talking about taxes. We we're talking about the land patent. I'm going to bring Ron Gibson back on to go over the land patents again, but we, we were talking about that. Now, okay. This would alleviate county the immoral property taxes from the county. And they are immoral. And the people imposing them, the people who are taking them are no better than the publicans in Jesus' day. Oh, Tim, they don't know that. Okay, doesn't matter. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. And he said, Well, and I I, I told him, you know, I got well, this isn't the bill for that. But I've got the bill for the taxes. The majority of it goes to the indoctrination centers in South Carolina here. I don't use them. The person I'm speaking to doesn't use them. But Tim, somebody used them for you when you were in in public school. Okay, that's not an argument against the premise of what I'm putting forth. There has to be a place where we break generational curses. And believe you me, what's called education, which is really indoctrination, is a a, a generational curse. We keep putting people under the same curses that we were brought up under. Do you think that's going to work out good for us or bad? It's going to work out bad. So I have a question for you today. Do you really want to make America great again Or do you want to make the kingdom of God great among men? There is a difference. There is a difference. Because for many, what they mean is, make America great again is, oh, I want a job. I want to make sure that I'm fed well. I want to make sure I've got all my creature comforts and goodies and things of that nature. There's nothing wrong specifically in those things. But many leave out the God who established us, and who has blessed us with all things. They leave that out. That's like an afterthought. Oh, yeah. Oh, God bless me. Yeah, right. When you bring it up, they'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But they won't say it out of their own mouth, first and foremost. It's to indulge themselves. It's to feed on themselves. And um, this is, again, I go back to Dale Bigtree. What a great message there. That'll be in the archive, by the way. If you want to share it, that'll be in the archive later at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Same title as the video portion you're seeing here. There needs to be repentance. And there hasn't been. Not only do the people who have done all these wicked things over the past few years and continue to do them, and they're they're saying, hey, just overlook this, need repentance. We you and me, the people of God, we need it too. Isn't that who God pointed the finger at? My people who are called by my name? Yep. What are we doing that's wicked? What are we doing that's justified, that we justify, that's evil before the Lord, and yet we think, eh, it's okay. I mean, we got to do it, and we justify it. Oh, my goodness, friends. We need repentance. Lord, grant us repentance. Turn us, and we'll be turned. Do it so that you're glorified. Not so we get goodies out of it, but so you're glorified. I hope that's your heart's cry. If it's not, I pray that God would uh, awaken your heart. He would give you a new heart. Christ has done such, he has given his life in such a a means to reconcile us to God, not to separate us, but to reconcile us unto him. And while we may be righteous in his sight, as a people, what are we doing? Are we complaining and murmuring? Are we thumbing our nose at God like the children of Israel deal and saying, oh, I want to go back to Egypt I want to go back to the America where I can indulge my lust. Give me a guy that'll do that, and it's okay if he taxes me. It's okay if I'm a slave for a little while. It's okay if my children are slaves. Because, to tell you the truth, folks, I don't see anybody on any platform, no matter how much truth they may speak, I see nobody out there, nobody calling men in America... To repent before a just and holy God, to bring justice, and to establish liberty. I, I don't see anybody, even at a local level, I don't see many people talking like that. They have forgotten God. And the Bible says, not only will we forget them, he'll forget their children. I pray that he'll remember us will remember him. Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern. 2 p.m. Central. SonsLibertyMedia.com And I hope you will pray with me. God will turn the hearts of the people. He'll turn our hearts toward Him. And we'll see liberty explode on the scene like we've never seen. Talk to you in the morning. Common Core Diva Lynn Taylor will be with us uh, right into the core Wednesday. See you then.